This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. Joining me as always, Jared Morgan. Hey there, Chris. What's been happening? What's been happening? Well, I have been enjoying a lovely week off of uh, work, uh, so that's, that's what's been happening. We get um, we get hiatus weeks. Oh, which is not, okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not uncommon with uh, TV shows, especially uh, comedies. And so what they do is they'll work uh, four weeks and then they'll take yep. a week off. And a lot of times that is basically so the writers can catch up and uh, fine tune things. In the case of our show, I think it's less about the writers and more about that uh, labor laws required that the kids have a certain amount of time off. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that that uh, helps uh, uh, ensure that they're, they're not being overworked. Um, but we get the benefit of it. I mean, some people would be like, oh, no, that's a week without work. But based on our final week at work where everybody was pretty much getting ready to tear each other's heads off, <laughs> it couldn't have it's come at a better fun. time. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, there, I guess there's probably been a little bit of frustration recently with certain events happening. Well, so. it's, it's, it's it's not only it's a combination of that, but it and it happens regardless of... Uh, world events when you spend 12 hours a day with a group of uh people that uh are in tight quarters and sometimes the job can get high pressured because of uh, time constraints and rushing to get things done uh people tend to start barking at each other um yeah it's <laughs> getting cabin fever yeah there's there's been shows where uh their first break wasn't until Christmas, and then they don't get another break until the, the show is done, which would be uh-huh. talk about um, mid-April. So mid-April. You can, yeah, so I'd go day play on those shows near the end, say, you know, end of March, and there'd be people within the, their own department not talking to each other because it was just wow. gotten that bad. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah. But then you go back, then you go back the next seat. And, you know, at the start of the season and everybody's all happy-go-lucky and, you know, nice to each other and stuff. So <laughs> I think I think it's wise with shows to schedule in breaks because it's much, much needed. Yeah, definitely. Because I'd imagine it's pretty – you're doing pretty long days, aren't you, yeah. on set in most cases. So, yeah, yeah you've, you're kind of cramming a lot into each day. And that would you take know, you, a toll. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of the toll comes from – I mean, in my instance, uh, once you add in the commute time – to and from the the show, you're away from home for 15 hours, basically. Mm. So by the time you get home, you have enough time to basically be awake for two hours and take care of whatever you need to take care of. And then you go to sleep and then wake up and you go do it all again. So yeah. that can get pretty, pretty tough on, yeah. on everything, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amusing when I've worked uh, an eight hour day. Uh, that happens now and then with with day players where they'll just be hired for just an eight hour shift and then they get sent home while the rest of the crew still works. Yeah. And you get into your car after an eight hour day and you're like, but the day's just 
like I can't believe I'm going home already. And it's, I feel like I'm copping out. Okay. Oh, right, and it's mind-boggling to me that most people only work an eight-hour day. So yeah, yeah, it would be weird. Yeah, we I sort of clock off after eight hours for sure. I, I when I have to work back on occasion longer than that, it's like oh, it's it's like dra every minute feels like you know fifteen. <laughs> well, the funny part is, is that uh, we take our lunch. Uh, we go to lunch after six hours of work. Yeah. So yeah, two more hours and you'd go home. Yeah. Strange. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, it is weird. You think that's sort of break it up sort of halfway through the day at least? Well, it is halfway in our case because then we work tend to work another six hours afterwards. So Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. nice. Yeah, you know. Mm. So anyway, I've been I've been enjoying the the break, watching movies, TV, playing with the boy. Um and uh, I actually for two days that I was off just because I had come up with a good idea on set one day, I went ahead and banged out a script for an episode. Not that it'll be um, even remotely have a chance of <laughs> of being presented to anybody because that's kind of against the rules. But yeah, um, still uh, decided to bang one out, and and I incorporated uh, one of my favorite things, which is pinball, into the script. Must work. I was going to say I need to. Uh, I, I reckon we need more examples of pinball and popular culture, so the Pinheads Pinball Podcast <laughs> can actually play them on air. <laughs> they do their pinball well, popular culture segment. Of course, of course, it's purely for selfish reasons why I would write something like that in because then they'd have to uh, bring pinballs in, get a pinball machine on set. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. And then, what do you think I'd be doing during lunch? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You know, what you really need to do is create a sitcom based in an arcade. That's what you need to do. You need to I have it... thought about that. Yeah, I actually have thought about that. And what my idea was uh, was kind of think of like cheers where it's yep. takes place in an arcade and it has next to nothing to do with the actual arcade itself. It's just the people that would come into the arcade and mm. who would hang out and you could have all sorts of different, you know, you can have, you know, you got your owner, you got the weird guy that fixes all the machines. You've got the various clientele, uh, that come, you know, whether it's youth that hang out on it or, you know, some of your, older people that would be, you know, pinheads of that nature. Yeah. And just kind of the interactions. And I've thought about that. I don't know how it would uh, actually come to fruition and work, but I, reckon you you, I don't do think it. you could, I don't think you could design it being about an arcade because that would get old real fast. Well, you could do it as a barcade. Like you could actually have it as a, you know, like a bar and an arcade. And that would actually give you a lot of material. <laughs> right. So it's it like cheers 2.0. Yeah, I was going to say, years, they'd have to reboot it. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. probably, that's exactly what they would do. It would just rebrand it. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um, Make it happen. Producers and script writers and things. Yeah, get, get right on that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, since you posted a score on Twitter, I've got to imagine you have some time to mess around with Rogue One, uh, the Zen table. Yes, I have had a bit of a, a good go at it. Um, and I think overall it's okay. There are some things that frustrate me with it, though. And I think a lot of it has to do with a big gaping hole at the back of the play field. Uh, it <laughs> seemed, the ball seems to spend a lot of time either going up there to get the road targets, but also if you like brick a shot and you don't get it right, it takes way too long for the ball, in my opinion, to get back down to the flippers again. 
it's like it's uh it needs a stage ball somewhere like a virtual mm. stage ball just so it shoots it out immediately from that um that uh, vertical up kicker back into play because it's just it feels it's particularly if you're like playing a time mode uh, like a mission mode and you're going oh i just i just want to get that ramp but oh it's going to take five seconds for the like i've got five seconds left but i've right. just got you know I've only got five seconds left and oh, now I've balked the shot, I bricked it and it's now into that top level. So I've got no chance of getting the final shot. You know, that is what's been frustrating me about the table. What do you think um, the upper, the two upper flippers, mm. do you, I, I've, I can barely figure out what they're even there for. Uh, what shot you're supposed to be hitting. I think I randomly hit uh, a ball the other day that wound up uh, hitting the general that's on the left side of the screen. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know that was a path. Yeah, because <laughs> it wasn't how really clearly balls. defined. Yeah, how, how you, you like balls. balls. Okay, yeah. So that's that's one of the shots there. Um, and you've also got like these two, it depends on what per view perspective you're playing on. It might be hidden on some. But there's actually two sort of very sharp left and right ramps. Um, I guess you could call them bank ramps um, that those flippers do let you shoot for. Um, but they're, you do have to play the game for a while to realize they're there and they're sort of hidden behind mm. the other main ramps. So they're not mm. really that obvious. You think that, well, you know, okay, there's two flippers there. There must be some sort of side ramp action I need to shoot. So you kind of just have a go and see where the paths are by just brute forcing your way around that area of the play field, really. But as far as, a, I don't know, as immediately walk up to the table and go, oh, okay, there, there's two clearly visible side ramp shots I need to take. It's, it's by far clear uh, in the game. Right. It's uh, not easy to find at all, but and they're really hard to get for me. Like there's such a strange angle, and it's um, I'm still trying to work out at what position of the flipper I need to shoot for them at. Uh, more yeah, I think that was I'd... the issue that I'm coming across. Where I'm just like I can't quite get the timing, and I don't know if it's because I'm visually not queuing into where I'm aiming. That to me it just feels like I'm randomly shooting, um, yeah. or that like you said, instead I wind up hitting the big gaping hole in the middle. <laughs> yeah it's like so easy to do because it's it's like the pretty much the top half of the play field is a gaping hole so yeah <laughs> it's a fairly large target to hit if you shoot it anywhere up near there and i think that's a problem you, like i was gonna say do you, do you agree with my sentiment that it feels like an old wide body with everything being got, symmetrical and that wide open play field in the middle yeah it it does it's a, it's a very it does have the feel of the wide pin um it's certainly not a narrow one like some of perhaps arguably some of the um the the latest star wars tables were mm -hmm. um and i don't know i think probably with the amount of stuff they've crammed in there it needed to be that wide but i i don't know if the the area on the play field has actually been utilized as perhaps well as it should. It seems like the, the bottom half of the play field is really empty mm -hmm. compared to the top half. And, you know, like, you know, in the other tables, there would typically, if the, if the play field was wide open on the um, bottom of the, of the um, board, it would be like some sort of mini play field revealed or something like that underneath the, um, in that sort of area, but there doesn't appear to be anything there unless I haven't hit it yet in the modes, but I've, I've played a, like a 270 million score game. So I, I covered right. a fair bit of ground in it and I haven't seen anything really that shows there. So I don't know. It sort of seems a bit, I don't know. 
it, it's not i don't feel it's one of my favorite games um where would you of the there is what uh God, i don't even know how many star wars tables there are now is there probably around 12 or 14 right something of that nature uh, yeah i could uh, quickly open the app and find out but i if you're gonna ask me where, where you place sits. it yeah <laughs> where where's it sit oh, top half bottom half let's put it to you that way oh my bottom half bottom half yeah, i'll put it in the bottom half whereas there's some star wars tables there that are like well and truly in the top half mm-hmm. um you know and uh yeah definitely bottom half it's uh, it's certainly above uh that uh what is it the dark and light side table oh god um, everything is above that yeah, that's right <laughs> but you know it's uh, it's not really a, one of my favorites. I think, yeah, it, it's that upper play field, I think, kind of kills it. Hmm. Um, it's just a bit too open. And to light force and then get a mission, it wasn't really apparent to me. I kept on doing the same mission over and over and over again. And oh, I was really? Going, why, why am I doing this mission over and over and over again? Isn't there some, do I get to select a mission or something like that? It turns out I, I might have been like not realizing there was action up on the um dmd or something like that or oh and and i had to actually select missions which is really weird because normally like it's clear that you shoot a hole and and in all the other tables it's like you know start mission or like a mission select or something really obvious but i think on that table it's just you shoot force and then is it force or rogue i thought it was rogue 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 um Yes, rogue. So you shoot rogue, all the rogue targets, and then this thing pops up, and uh, it was the I forget the mode. It's like a, I think it's called invisible or something like that, where you've got to shoot the the uh, little. little uh, no, it's oh. uh, it's I think it basically is the one that when you first start a mission for the first time, it's the one that's selected by default. Oh, the um, guy that rotates back and forth on the. Uh... Yeah. And you got to do yes. it like three or four times, and then you got the big yes. spinning, spinning like looks like an octopus at the back, but it's actually the uh, the right. robot, right? The droid uh, K, yeah, K whatever it is, KF sixty or something like that, K two sixty. I'm not, I can't remember what his name is, um, yeah. but yeah, and that one I haven't been able to finish that mode for the life of me, um, and it, it like doing it over and over again and failing on it over and over again. I was just going, oh, this is crap. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like this table at all. And then I went, looked up at the DMD because at one point it didn't even like it's the mode started immediately when I shot the mm-hmm. hole and it, di- and it didn't give me any pause because normally if the game pause, I go, uh, okay. And probably look up the DMD, but it just gives you zero indication that that's how you actually start the mode. If you're, if you haven't actually read the instructions, um, you have to at least defeat the, uh, that first part of the mode. If you defeat that, then the next time you uh, complete Rogue, then you get the choice of of what levels you want to do, what mission you want to do. But you uh, first have to complete that very first one. Um, not, not, com- not completing the robot portion. It's just shooting the pop-up target the three times, or the, uh, the, the three cycles of times, so I should say. Once you've right. done that, the very next time you shoot Rogue, you'll be able to, the mission menu will pop up, and then you can select your mission that you would like to do. Oh, right, so maybe that was my problem. I wasn't actually getting yeah. into the shoot the target enough, and I was timing out. Right. Okay. Well, that explains it. See, there, there again, that's not really that well explained in the game either. Like you compare that that sort of mode transition to the all the other Star Wars tables, 
and none of the other ones do that. Like you can basically just start any mode you want at the outset, and you know. Well, that's kind of. I mean, I've always felt that that's that's Zen's. You know, one of their main Achilles' heels is that they don't really explain what you need to do very well without having right. to actually bust open the uh, the instructions. Yeah, it's it, particular. I've found this table particularly hard to pick up, actually. Um, so there's, it's sort of like, yeah, the, the rules are not apparent. I just, I just wonder if that's actually, you know, due to the fact that it's a Zoltan table, mm, maybe. um, you know, it's just maybe one of those things. It's certainly one of his better ones, but also feel the rubber is really dead on it. Like there's well, no bounce. Zoltan. <laughs> yeah, Zoltan. <laughs> but, I really, but here's, I, the thing, here's the thing. I believe it's actually quite bouncy for a Zoltan table. Yeah, it is. But it's frustrating so, when you come from the other really nice bouncy tables and you hit this one and it's like zero life in them at all. So it's yeah, like, I would, uh, I mean, that's yeah. where my ranking goes is that as far as the Zoltan table, I think it's one of my, one of his better ones and more enjoyable yeah, on that I'd aspect. agree with that. Um, but I do agree that there's plenty of other Star Wars tables in Zen that I like better. So to me, it's probably a middle of the field kind of table and one that you'd uh, you'd probably be fine waiting for it to go on sale and then buying it on sale you'd be happy yeah I'd probably say that too um, yeah definitely if it comes on sale grab it but I mean sure you know I don't think really it's that expensive to buy I think it nah. was probably about four four something dollars in Australia so that's not really that bad and, you know I've got I certainly think I've got four bucks worth of value out of it to date like I've had a good game on it and you know it's quite all right but that zipper flipper behaves strangely like it's uh <laughs> I have not been so... able to figure out what the super skill shot shot actually is so to describe it to you uh to your listeners out there when you launch the ball uh if you do just a very soft launch it'll go up the lane and then drop back down and there's uh your your mid table flipper by triggering it it zips down and now as the ball uh, plummets to it you'll be able to to flip a shot but it is so quick and I've yet to be able to identify you know all I'm hearing is the audio saying you know that you can shoot a a, a scooper skill shot and then I just get skill shot and I'm like okay the skill shot is that you actually activate the zipper flipper but I do not know for the life of me where you're supposed to shoot. <laughs> um, you got to shoot for the um, the the right. I guess it's the from the zipper flipper over to the, I guess the left hidden ramp. I'll call oh, it. <laughs> so you it, like basically it's plunge and flip, punch flip, and that's yeah. pretty much how you get the shot. Because it's the thing that the there's problems with that skill shot. I think number one with a think of like how Twilight Zone does the skill shot where it's right. got like a. It, you well, basically plunge it. You like it. Yeah. So you, you plunge the ball and it goes up and then technically back down again. But the with this particular skill shot, you pretty much plunge it and it plops onto what this basically this virtual target just at the uh, exit of the ram uh, or exit of the plunger lane. And then immediately the zipper flipper flips back, like zips back, and then almost instantly you have to flip it's yeah. like basically if you manage to get the skill shot you pretty much got to be prepared immediately to shoot there's no grace period where you go oh, okay now i can line it up and it's coming down to the flipper and i can actually time my shot it's basically plunge flip and that's it um 
it's not really good. Like it's it doesn't actually allow you to the, the idea of skill shot is you should have some skill getting and not just like twitch reflex, which is right. what this is. Right. I just don't I don't like it at all. It's probably not it's probably the worst skill shot um in the game apart from Might of the First Order, which is pretty pants as well. <laughs> um did not like that one. Isn't isn't that though also a uh, Zoltan table? Oh, I don't know. I'm just gonna blame him for any bad table. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sultan, but we, I know. They're, they're, they're lead designer and it's who I least like. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me graffle tables any day. Oh. Yeah. So uh what I have been I haven't been playing I mean, I've sampled that. I sampled um playing a little bit more of Garage Band. Uh one of the oh, things yeah, that's that disappointing it. with Garage Band. I mean I knew it was gonna be disappointing. But yeah. the key thing that you're missing from this table is the force feedback flipper buttons. Oh, really? Which you probably did not know existed because it, it no. was a, very much a surprise to me when I played it in real life. And what basically what happens is, and I don't know what triggers it, but at some point you go to push the flipper button and it's like it does not want to push in. And you got to oh, push yeah. the flipper button in. And you have to remember that a, a couple of times until finally it goes back to to letting you do what you're doing. And I'm I'm almost wondering if that if it is during the drum solo video mode. Because that video yeah. mode is so bizarre. It like so what e am I doing e here? Yeah. Just tap tap the screen or tap your controllers. I usually like when I do it, I don't know if you do the same thing to get a big score, but I get my my controller, my hardware controller, I stand it on its end and I just like and the buttons, like, <laughs> yep. I, I put it yeah. in between my, my lap and burp, you know, do yeah. a little track and field action on it. <laughs> track and field, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly how I give the analogy to it. It's track and field, but in a drum solo. Which is so, ridiculous. if anybody has actually played this machine in real life, maybe you can uh, enlighten us as to when the force feedback flipper buttons actually activate uh, during that. But it's one of those things where it was like, it was so cool when it. It was like, what is this? This is interesting. This is different. And it, it was kind of a, a shock to the system, you might say, while playing it. And it's the equivalent of when you were playing Attack from Mars and you got strobe multiball and you went, yeah. uh, what's so special about this mode? Until Farsight finally you know, did something about that and blacked up yeah. the play field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's that was my that was my takeaway of GarageBand this uh, this week and playing it. Um, I still don't mind it. Yeah. I, I still think it's, it's, it's a whole hell of a lot better than uh, you know Bonebusters, <laughs> which which apparently um, on the uh, Pinball Arcade fan forum there's a thread where I'm not sure which user has done this, um, but has a table rankings. Uh, oh, yeah. Each each month a new table gets out. He updates the rankings and basically you can go in and you know rate each table from I don't know if it was probably from zero to ten. Uh and then okay. he kind of kind of keeps track of what table is tracking and where they're going and stuff like that. And apparently Bonebusters has dropped even lower than going nuts. Whoa. Which is, okay. That's, that's a that's a feat. That's that's pretty low. <laughs> or maybe people have just forgotten how terrible going nuts is and they, they should go and replay it again. So I think <laughs> I, I think Bonebusters has got to be better than going nuts, surely. I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah, they, they're pretty close. I'll give it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so one of the other things that I've been uh, playing this week, and I think I mentioned it last time, I picked up um, Humble Bundle. Was they do a monthly game, and it's only twelve bucks for the game. And yep. this time it was uh, XCOM Two, and so it was twelve bucks, except for I bought it before a certain date, and that gave me another ten percent off on it. So I only paid just slightly over 10 bucks for it. And then on top of that, they give you a whole bunch of other games um, a few days later. And I just got revealed what those games are. And I thought I might Ooh. let people know what, what happens when you... Uh... Go in early. Yeah. Um, well, this, you don't actually have to go in early to get all the, uh, the other games. No, oh, okay. Uh, they just don't reveal what those games are uh, until right. after uh, after a certain date. So uh, by right. picking up XCOM 2, <laughs> you also get, along with it, uh, Rise, Son of Rome, uh, which is, I guess, some kind of a third-person game. <laughs> it yeah, looked graphically thing. intense, but uh, thing, but I've never heard of it. Um, Abzu, uh, SteamWorld Heist, Oklos, Project High Rise okay. and Husk. Um, a couple of these actually looked fairly interesting when I was looking at them, just watching the gameplay video on uh, on Steam. But uh, so anyway, yeah. So there they threw in you know another six games on top of XCOM two, uh, and those are through Steam. And then there's two other games that they threw at me um, that don't run on Steam uh, that you just have to download directly to your PC. And you also get 10% off uh, any Humble Bundle store purchase thereafter. And one of those things is they have all the DLC for XCOM 2 uh, packaged. Normally it's 20 bucks and it's on sale now for 9 bucks. So uh, not not too shabby, I gotta say. That's not pretty good. Shabby at all. Yeah. Yeah. And for that's those good. interested, uh, next month's game, which I won't be getting, um, is uh, Total Warhammer. Total Warhammer, so that yeah, well, in the, you know, the series this... Warhammer. Yeah, yeah. This one, it's I guess this particular iteration is called Total Warhammer. Um, Sixty bucks normally. Okay, so twelve bucks if okay. you okay that kind of thing. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a good deal. Not too shabby. The thing uh, that's good about Humble Bundle on Steam, it's that they just give you codes, eh? So yeah. Give you codes to unlock, and then Steam takes over with the updates and all that sort of stuff, and keeping your games up to date. Yes, um, I think it's better than how it works on mobile because I'm pretty sure that uh, Humble Bundle have like their own app that then manages the apps that are released through Humble Bundle. So you've oh. always got to have like an alternative app store on your phone just with Humble Bundle, which is why I never bother. Oh, okay, like it's just it's just like I don't want to do that. Like, I just unlock them through Play Store and uh -huh. give them to me that way. You know. But they don't do that. So, yeah. The real question is, will I actually play? How many of these other games will I play? Like, there's one on here called Husk. It's a first-person survival horror game. Yeah, I'm not Ooh, playing that. that. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if anybody wants the uh, the Steam key for that, just uh, hit us up <laughs> via via. Well, actually, probably hit me up on on Twitter uh, at Shut Your yeah. Traps and. First person that wants it, I'll I'll give you the uh, the game code because there's no way I'm downloading it and playing it. I can 
yeah predict that one right off the bat do not want do not want yeah <laughs> do not want what else has been going uh, on not really that much i don't think i think it's a bit of a a low news news week this week it is kind of um, a low news week yeah that's okay because we've sort of done big episodes in the past we haven't really had any listener questions uh, the last listener question we have was, you know, what's going on with um, season seven and um, all the Williams tables? Um, we don't know. <laughs> we don't, actually don't know. No. So not sure. It's it's uh, really hard to spec. Like one of the uh, suggestions was also, hey, what would uh, speculate about season seven? Well, it's, it's hard to speculate about season seven when we, we speculated we about season six and we're completely wrong since no Williams tables came out essentially. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're totally off. But you, you know, know. If if yeah. we find out if we find out that the Williams license uh has been resolved and more Williams tables are coming, then then I'm more game to make some predictions. But at the moment it's kind of it, it's too sad to think about predicting Gottlieb tables. Yeah. <laughs> and we can't predict any data east or sega tables anymore because those are all going to go to stern pinball arcade um, yep. you know that leaves us with yeah the golly tables and with alvin g tables which i n know next to nothing about and the possible threat of if there was a capcom table but until i see one i won't believe it so <laughs> that's right i would agree Kind of kills the fun yeah. when uh, when you're down to one manufacturer for who you can make a prediction about. <laughs> yeah, it's not really great, which is why I think it's pretty fair to say that you know the Williams deal needs to happen. <laughs> like they they really need to. When you put it that way, and only having a, essentially access to Gottlieb and Gottlieb EM or Premier and Gottlieb EM tables. Yeah. In Pimple Arcade, it's going to be like one massive Gottlieb collection. And that would not be good. That would that would be the worst. <laughs> it's certainly certainly not what uh, what us players would be looking forward to. I know something else I was going to mention. What's that? So at Christmas, my uh, I, I wound up getting the Cards Against Humanity game. Oh uh, yes, yeah. Which uh, is is great fun. We have been I've I brought it with me to work, and we've been playing at lunch. And I've noticed something <laughs> playing it. The you start to kind of get worried about who you're playing it with because you're not quite sure what brand of humor they may have and oh. uh, what their taste level is. But what yeah. I've come away from it is everybody that we've played with afterwards, you've kind of bonded. <laughs> you now All right. you know what makes them laugh and what doesn't, and how twisted they can be, and. Uh, the last time we played, we played it with our director and our uh, director of photography and our set uh, set dresser and our boom operator. And I hadn't played with any of these people. And for about an hour after lunch, when we were actually on set, all of us were just laughing with each other because of just jokes that had been you know transpired over the past hour during uh during the lunch break so it's it's, awesome. kind of, it's kind of fun it's dangerous because like i said you're not quite sure what somebody might think <laughs> it could be on the borderline of not safe for work for some people yeah. but for other people it's like yeah just situation normal 
Right, right. Fortunately, on a film set, you don't really have to worry about HR problems. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's handy. I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if I'd be able to get away with a uh, Cards Against Humanity session at Labrex. Although, yeah. probably with the group of people that I work with in the technology team, mm -hmm. I probably could um, quite easily. The other fun thing is that uh, again, we're on a we're on a kids show, and who's uh, oh, premiere? The premiere just happened uh, yesterday. Uh, not that I would say for any of the adults to watch it, but if you have kids, let them watch it. Um, but anyway, the uh, kids show and the rule on the set is try and keep uh, the language kid friendly as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. And so everybody tries and tries and tries. And there's a few people that it's just, they're incapable of doing that. Yeah. Um, but the thing is you play cards against humanity and then you go back on set and everything anybody says just makes you think the wrong thing yeah exactly <laughs> but it's a good way of also blowing off you know venting the yeah that kind of thing so that you can go on set and be pure and clean <laughs> well, like sort of like yeah <laughs> does it shoot your wand with all the sweary words you want to yeah it's a release valve it's a release valve definitely yeah that's oh. cool i should actually think i haven't actually played cards against humanity yet oh, um it's great i've got to give it a go yeah, good to give it a go, I think. Great fun. It is exceedingly easy. We've had a couple of people sit down with us, uh, or we forced to come. We're like, come here, you're playing this time. They're like, well, I don't even know how to play. We're like, doesn't matter. You'll figure it out literally within three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, they figure it out within three minutes. And they're like, this is great fun. I've never, I need to do this more. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to do it. have to do it. Yeah. Well, Jared, um, I think we're going to have an exceedingly short session today because... Why not, right? Why not? Yeah, why not? That's right. Okay. Folks, we do appreciate you uh, listening. Please, please, please drop us a line at uh, our email address, which is blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. You can uh, give us give us any topics that you'd like us to touch upon, any uh, pinball news that you want us to uh, maybe look at. Uh, it's kind of hard to... I, I would love to talk about the Jersey Jack uh, dialed-in table, but it's really hard when I have no access to it. So um, topics that range more on the digital front are definitely much easier for us to address. So if you have anything that uh, suggestions on that line, we'd love to hear about them. Uh, yeah. Hit us up on Twitter. Our main account is at Blockade, or you can uh, chat at Jared. He is at Jared Morgs. Myself, I am at Shut Your Traps. You can also check out our website, which is pinball. Wait, wait what is it, Jared? I always forget it's it. It's blockadepinball.com. Blockade. I was going to say pinball podcast. I'm like, no, that's not us. Um, no, definitely not us. <laughs> blockadepinball.com. That's where you can find all the past episodes plus show notes and the links to any sites that we mentioned during the podcasts. Yeah. So, there you so go. until in, in, yeah, good. Uh, it's it's the good old Super Bowl weekend here, so uh, maybe I'll be able to talk about commercials next week. <laughs> maybe. Any pinball leagues happening for you over the weekend? They normally do, don't they? Uh, there was actually one yesterday, and I did not attend that. Um, mm. Normally, it would have been on Super Bowl Sunday, and the guy that hosts was like, "You know what? I'm sick and tired of." having it on Super Bowl Sunday, not being able to have a Super Bowl party. 
So they did it yesterday. Um, but no, I didn't. I didn't attend that one. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. All right, folks. Until next time. We out. Bye-bye. WizardAmusement.com, the West Coast leader in classic pinball. Makers of custom pinball shooter rods to buyer specifications. Swap out your standard ball plunger with something themed to your specific table. Installs in less than five minutes with no custom tools. Even if you don't own a table, looks great as a pinball memento to admire. Prices start at $39, but mention Blockade Podcast to receive 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball.